In the name of God, creating, redeeming, and giving life. Amen. Amen. Now, I know that many of you have been wondering when are we going to hear a sermon on Jesus and the Anthropocene? (laughs) Well, just by chance, I was at a seminar a few weeks ago on that topic. Uh, It was led by Dr. Andrew Shepard, who is a theologian from the University of Otago. And when we're talking about Anthropocene, because you recognize the Greek word anthropos in there, meaning man or human beings, humankind, an era uh, dominated by human activity. And it sits within the context of the various ages and stages of Earth's history. So think, for example, about the Ice Age, the Stone Age, uh, the, the Bronze Age, And we are currently living in the Holocene era, which began about 12,000 years ago. So the Anthropocene era, it's not an official title, but it was coined at the turn of the century by a couple of scientists who thought that the way human beings are treating the earth today is very much as though human beings are in charge and not just living within the structures and the ecosystems of Earth, but actually changing them, uh, and very often for evil. And so you can think back, for example, to the Industrial Revolution, when whole cities were covered with smoke, filled with smoke and toxic smog. Or you can think to Hiroshima and Nagasaki and Chernobyl, and the impact of atomic (coughs) and nuclear energy on the earth. Or think of the hole in the ozone layer. Or think, um, as we are today, of climate change and the crisis that this is uh, producing. And think also of our capacity to globally pollute the oceans uh, and all the life streams within them and the impact that that has on the world as a whole. So the Anthropocene is uh, an era, as I say, an unofficial one, which has been coined to draw our attention to the reality of what we as human beings are doing in the earth today. And the key message is that we are actually destroying our own livelihood The planet on which we depend for our very existence is being eroded around us. I've always been very touched by those photographs of polar bears trying to find an ice floe they can still exist on. Not their fault, but it's a little bit like that, isn't it? That where we depend for life, that we are seeing it erode around us very seriously. And there's a key point about this as to how we regard the earth. We can regard it purely out of self-interest. You know, if we don't save the earth, then we will perish. So for our own sake, we ought to do something to save the planet. But that, of course, is a very selfish point of view, and it neglects completely the understanding 
that the whole of creation is created by God and that as God's followers that we are here to sustain the planet Kaitiakitanga uh, in its own right as something that has inherent value in the eyes of God and hopefully of us as well. So the key message is watch out because things are going bad around us. Uh, nature, it's not just a resource bank for us to plunder, plunder at will. So why, while we're thinking about these things and the activities in the Anthropocene era, we are also at this time acknowledging and watching what's going on at, uh, in Egypt at the COP27 conference. And if you look, you know, at the, listen to many of the speakers who are speaking there, they are talking of a time of coming disaster when the earth is moving downhill, uh, became life may become unsustainable if we are not alert and ready to do that. And all that happening out of greed and self-interest for the most part, someone's also called this age the capitalocene age, when the pursuit of financial capital is driving selfishness and greed. Uh, in the way in our attitudes, values and policies towards society. So people are talking about the end, end times when we listen to the COP27 speakers. And that's exactly what Jesus was talking about in today's gospel, the end, the times of the end and those dramatic words that he spoke, now, talking of a time when the temple will be destroyed, when there will be earthquakes and fires and famines on the earth and nations will rise up against nations and there will be war and disharmony. And yet Jesus is also calling us as his followers to actually choose a different path. Now, to choose a path where we stand firm in the things that we are convicted of about the earth and other people. Um, and that that's not going to be an easy task. Now, he said that you will be betrayed, some, perhaps by your own family and friends. You'll be persecuted, arrested, maybe put to death. But for those who stand firm, those who stand fast, they will win they will win life and life with God and in harmony with all aspects of creation. Now this <clears throat> literature uh, of that of the gospel today, it's what's known as apocalyptic literature. It's another Greek word, apocalypse, meaning apocalypto to reveal, to make clear uh, God's purposes for the earth. And you find bits of it with that dramatic language. You find bits of it in Daniel. You find it in Ezekiel. You find it parts of the Gospels as we did today. And you find it principally in the book of Revelation 
which as we know is full of those images of death and destruction and God coming on the clouds and some being carried this way and others sent that way as the end comes around. And it's amazing the parallels uh, between what we see today as a result of climate change and what those messages are about. They're not literal messages. Important to understand that. Sometimes they're interpreted as this will happen and it's going to happen soon, so hang around and be ready and wait for it to come. But that's not the way to interpret this kind of literature. Because this literature uh, is full of coded messages. So the great persecution that Christians faced after uh, Jesus' time at the hands of Rome was very severe. Uh, but you couldn't write about that and so, you know, rise up against Rome because uh, we mustn't let them vanquish us. You, know, you could be arrested for treason. You could be thrown to the lions. So messages had to be sent in a coded format such as we have here today. And we need to be able to listen uh, into those messages to see what is being said. And I think it's amazing the parallel that we see there between what's happening with climate change today and with the messages, the kind of images that are there. I mean, the gospel, it's speaking to us also of end times. There will be the destruction of the temple and the earthquake and the fires and the famines. Um, And there will be persecution. You know, we can think of Greta Thunberg and uh, many other climate activists who take an awful amount of flack for standing up for what they believe to be right, for proclaiming their convictions. And as Jesus said, stand firm, I will give you the words and the wisdom to speak to your opponents as you speak the word of God to them. We see Pacific Islands sinking all around us, you know, our, our own neighbours and the same happening beyond parts of our own country having to be looked at in terms of managed retreat. So this, this symbolism of evil and destruction is all there, but there is the same call for us to be resolute and to stand against that. And that's the thing about the age of the Anthropocene, that we can do it either way. We can make choices which way do we want to go. And if we choose to work to save the earth, then it's very moving really to hear what we heard from the prophet Isaiah today about God who will be creating a new heaven and a new earth. It's recapping the one where there will be no more the sound of weeping, where people will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat the fruit. They will not bear children for calamity. They will neither harm nor destroy in all my holy mountain. So the whole message there of peace and well-being, and if we look around the world today, we just say, you see, how essential that is. So to conclude by just 
saying a little bit about the concept of the end. Now, traditionally, the end and end times have been seen in literal interpretations of that apocalyptic language. The earth will be destroyed, and we can see how it might be uh, with climate change. But I see the word end, in another sense, end as a goal. And what, to what end are you working? What is the goal to which you are working? And it is set out here, uh, as we've heard from the book of Isaiah, the same words that occur again at the end of the book of Revelation about the new heaven and the earth. That is the end that we are working for, and we do so as co-creators with God, as kaitiaki of the planet and life as we have received it. In Jesus' name, amen.